0: Luke Stout was a 24-year-old young man who loved video games, comic books, skateboarding, and most of all, his family. Luke lived in Buchanan, West Virginia, where he grew up with three older brothers. He was also very close to his mother, Elizabeth, who he remained living with so he could care for her. Elizabeth was terminally ill and relied on her boys to help her. On the morning of July 18, 2012, Luke took his broken green bicycle and walked down the driveway. He was taking it to his friend's house, where they were going to fix it up. This friend, Dylan, said he was sending someone over to pick Luke up, and Luke should meet them at the end of his driveway. Luke's mother and brother watched Luke walk down the driveway and out of sight. Luke Stout was never seen or heard from again. Where is Luke David Stout? Wednesday. Now, Stout has brown hair and brown eyes, is five feet, six inches tall, and weighs between 120 and 130 pounds. It was last wearing blue jeans, a shirt with cutoff sleeves, black shoes with neon green tennis laces, and a brown jacket. Now, if you can help, call State Police in Buchanan at 304-473-4200. Hello, and welcome back to the Where Are They? podcast. Today's episode is going to take us into the Appalachian Mountains and the beautiful state of West Virginia. We are approaching the nine-year anniversary of Luke Stout's disappearance. The fact that his case has been widely ignored by law enforcement and the media is quite frustrating. The news clip you just heard is one of the only pieces of news media out there that talked about Luke Stout's disappearance. And even that clip was less than a minute. The report also states that Luke was 23. However, he was actually 24 as he had just had a birthday a couple weeks before he vanished. The goal of our podcast is to spread awareness and tell the stories of the lesser known missing persons cases. We want to give a voice to those that don't have one, and we want people to hear their name to know their story and help spread the word of their disappearance whenever possible. You can find the Where Are They podcast on social media, both Facebook and Instagram. Please give us a like and a follow over there. If you are watching this episode on YouTube, we'd love for you to subscribe to our channel, give the video a thumbs up and leave us a comment below. This helps the video gain more exposure and more exposure means more people will know and hear Luke's story. I want to give a quick shout out to a couple new Patreon members, Melissa Jay out of North Carolina and Katie from Florida. Thank you so much for joining our group. We are excited to have you. If you're interested in joining our Patreon group, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash the Where Are They podcast. As a Patreon member, you are able to listen to Friday bonus episodes, receive free or discounted merchandise, and receive first dibs on case recommendations. Membership helps support the show and our charity partners. We also try to make a donation to any GoFundMes set up for searches for the cases we cover, if there are any. Membership at Patreon starts at just $3 a month. Anyone with any case suggestions or feedback for us can always email me at canwefindthem at gmail.com. Lastly, our sponsor for the week is Rooms for Vacation. With the Rooms for Vacation search platform, you can receive discounts up to 50% on hotels, Airbnbs, resorts, airfare, and even car rentals. You can find the link in our show notes or look them up on Facebook for special deals. Flash sales are shared regularly, and it's a good way to get some travel ideas and find some great deals. What I love most about it is it's a one-stop shop. If you aren't sure if you want a rental or a hotel, you can compare both. They've also had some great deals lately on rental cars, and if you know anything about the rental car market right now, it's insane. So thank you to Rooms for Vacation for continuing to support our show. So now let's talk about Luke Stout. His story is incredibly sad and frustrating. Luke was born on July 6th, 1988. He was the youngest of four boys, four brothers that his mother often referred to as the four musketeers. Luke was always a very selfless kid. He wanted to help his mom out or his friends, and he was always thinking of others. At age 16, he got a job and began working in an effort to help his mom out financially. And that's a pretty admirable character trait for a young man, and because of his help, the family was able to stay in their home and have food on the table. Luke's family lived in Buchanan, West Virginia. Buchanan is in Upshur County and sits along the Buchanan River. It's a small town at just over 5,000 residents and is home to the West Virginia Wesleyan College. Buchanan consists of less than three square miles and sits at the foothills of the Allegheny Mountains. So you can imagine, like most of West Virginia, the area is very rural and it is surrounded by forests, rivers, mountains, and undeveloped land. It is an area known for mining and is also home to the 2006 Sago Mine Disaster. On January 2nd, 2006, lightning struck the mine, igniting the coal and causing a massive explosion. Twelve people lost their lives, and there was just one survivor. Buchanan is still in an active mining area of West Virginia, and is also known for a series of abandoned mines that run through the town. Like many kids growing up in West Virginia, Luke and his brothers enjoyed the outdoors, However, Luke was also known to like video games, playing the guitar, and many have said he was a really good artist. In July of 2012, Luke was a 24-year-old young man. He lived with his mother primarily because she had become terminally ill and he wanted to be there for her every step of the way. Luke loved his mother. When he had traveled for work previously doing construction, He always called home, sometimes multiple times a day, to check on his mother, and he would even buy things to bring home for her when he returned. Luke also had three older brothers, and the whole family was known to be very close. His mom lovingly referred to all the boys as her four musketeers. In 2012, while Luke lived with his mother to help care for her, all of the brothers were still involved in helping out. Earlier that year, Luke had let his car insurance lapse, and while he had a vehicle, he could not drive. I'm actually not sure if he was making the responsible decision not to drive or if he had actually lost his license, but his car remained parked and he knew he couldn't drive it. So his only other option was his bicycle. He knew he would have to rely on his bike as a mode of transportation but his bike needed a lot of work. On the afternoon of July 18th, 2012, Luke told his mother and one of his brothers who was at the home that day that he was taking his bicycle to his friend Dylan's house and they were going to work on it and fix it up. Apparently, he told his mother that Dylan had the right tools needed to fix the bike and in exchange, he would help him fix his bike. That's the general overview of the story with the bicycle. It does get a little more confusing if you read into it. But honestly, all that is really irrelevant when it comes to Luke's disappearance. The main part of the story is he was going to a friend's house to work on his bicycle. On that July day, Luke grabbed his bike and told his mother that Dylan told him he was sending someone to come pick up Luke and the bike and he had to meet them at the end of their driveway. Both Luke's mother and brother said they watched him walk down the driveway, carrying the broken green bicycle until he was out of sight. They would never see or hear from Luke again. Luke's brothers began looking around town for him as soon as he didn't come home that evening. Luke's mother also got out and physically, despite being sick, looked for her son. The police were not interested in taking a report, at least not yet, Luke was a 24-year-old adult after all. But an interesting aspect of Luke's story is that no one is really 100% sure who his friend Dylan was, the friend that he was meeting up with that day. His mom had said that he had several friends named Dylan, but they have been unable to determine which Dylan he was meeting with that day. And no Dylans have come forward with the information either. This definitely does not look good on Dylan's part, whomever he may be. A few days after Luke disappeared, the brothers, still searching around town, looking everywhere, found his bicycle behind a CVS pharmacy. It was leaning up against a trailer and it was still broken. When the brothers called the Buchanan police, they were advised to just take the bicycle back home with them and wait for Luke to come home. They did not investigate. They did not search the area. In fact, at that time, they didn't even drive out to look around. At this time, they did not believe anything happened to Luke Stout. Now, Luke's family knew this was extremely out of character for Luke. Maybe there are many 24-year-olds who had off often do their own things for a while without contacting their mother, but not Luke. Luke had never stayed out of touch with his mom. Luke's mom, Elizabeth, was desperate for answers. She knew in her heart that something was very wrong. She began trying to get the attention of local police and media, and a few local media outlets would pick up her story after some time, but not many. And even when they did, it was just a little news blurb similar to the one I played at the beginning. Elizabeth was broken. So taking a look at the road that Luke and his mother lived on, Hickory Flat Road, there are many houses next to one another, maybe not necessarily side by side like a neighborhood, but it's not a completely rural area. There are a bunch of houses on the road. And a Google Maps search also shows some type of business with many trucks near the home where Luke and Elizabeth lived, almost, in fact, directly next door. There is also one small creek and a nearby pond, but nothing else in the way of bodies of water, at least directly there on Hickory Flat Road. Of course, West Virginia as a whole is very rural and full of water sources. And yet, despite other people possibly being around or other homes, No one claims to have seen anything that day. No one saw Luke at the end of the drive. No one remembers driving by him. No one remembers seeing him get picked up. And since he had his bike, it would be likely that he was getting picked up by someone with a van or a truck. Although I suppose we just can't be sure. And since no one saw anything, we might never know. The following month in August... Luke's story gets a little interesting and people start talking. Why? Because a young man's body was found in the area in a shallow grave. The young man was identified as Joshua Oberg. Joshua Oberg had been missing from the area since January of 2012. Shortly after his body was discovered, two men were arrested for his murder, Jesse Lee Heater, aged 29, and Robert Eugene Siren III, aged 30, were charged with taking a payment of $5,000 to kill Oberg and get rid of him in a murder for hire plot. The man behind the plot, local restaurant owner Rodolfo Correa Villagomez, also known as Chino, did eventually plead guilty to the crime. Apparently, Joshua Oberg had been having an affair or at least had cheated with Chino's wife. When this all came out, some other things would come to light also. A couple months before Luke disappeared, he had come home after an altercation with none other than the infamous Chino. Allegedly, Chino had shoved a gun at Luke's head hard enough to leave an imprint of a gun barrel. When Luke came home and his mom saw this, she urged him to file a police report against Chino. However, the police allegedly refused to document the incident. I did a lot of digging on this story and this part in particular. And what I found is that there are two different beliefs as to what actually happened here. The first version is that of Luke's side. Luke claimed he was assaulted by Chino and no one would listen. The reason for the assault that people were talking about was that Luke himself had also cheated with Chino's wife. And it hasn't been officially confirmed if Luke was indeed having an affair, but it was confirmed that they did at least know each other. So the other side of the story is that Luke found himself in some trouble one night and was arrested He was drunk when the police brought him in and he began running his mouth about Chino. It was then that he supposedly told the police the story of his attack and the police advised him to come back and file an official report when he was sober. However, Luke never did. So we really have two completely different stories when it comes to the assault that Luke claims happened. Did Chino assault Luke? Law enforcement has not commented about which version is accurate. Although one side does paint a favorable picture of law enforcement, while one definitely does not. Elizabeth began to feel like no one was listening to her. Rumors began to swirl about a local police officer that was out drinking at the bars and running his mouth talking about Luke. Elizabeth became irate and went to the media And it turned out that this individual officer had 11 DUI convictions and motions were then made to have him dismissed from the force. In September, Elizabeth would be charged with assault of an officer. She was in her hospital bed, hooked up to IVs when she began arguing with the policeman. At some point, she took out her IV herself and threw it at him. That same month, one of Luke's brothers was charged with assault of an officer as well. Another brother would be charged with domestic violence after punching a family member. Elizabeth claims that Luke's disappearance has destroyed her family and is ripping everyone apart. But some are using these stories to point out a history of criminal activity within the family. But Elizabeth maintains that all of these incidents have arisen from the stress over Luke's case and the lack of support from law enforcement. In October, Elizabeth took her complaints to a city council meeting. The meeting grew heated as Elizabeth begged for more to be done regarding her son's disappearance and what she believed was possible foul play. At this point, Elizabeth and her family were certain that Luke was no longer alive. The family was asked to leave the meeting as the council members didn't feel it was the right place for them to air their frustrations with the police. In fact, at one point, the mayor said he couldn't discuss the case with them at all because he was completely unfamiliar with it. But later, at the end of the meeting, as things had heated up, he said to Elizabeth that the family's version of events did not match up with the investigation facts to which Elizabeth replied to him, how could you possibly know that if you are unfamiliar with the case? And I mean, if that's an accurate statement, she definitely has a valid point. Now let's look back at the case of Joshua Oberg. It's hard to tell at the surface anyways, if this case does explain what might also have happened to Luke. It's hard to decipher what is small-town gossip and what is fact. What we do know is that Joshua Oberg was found buried in a shallow grave near Bull Run Road. The two individuals accused of his murder, Robert Siren and Jesse Heater, were found guilty. Joshua Oberg had last been seen on January 23rd of that same year, 2012, and he was last seen getting into a car with Siren and Heater. As investigators kept tabs on the two men, eventually Siren told the whole story of the killing to a confidential informant, which of course then led to their arrest. He said that Chino had paid them a large sum of money to kill Oberg for having an affair with his wife. This confession is also what led authorities to Oberg's body. Chino was subsequently arrested also and found guilty of several crimes. Number one, unlawful entry to the United States. Number two, possessing 16 firearms at his residence illegally. Number three, second degree murder. Number four, conspiracy to commit murder. It was also learned that Chino, who owned a Mexican restaurant in Buchanan, had been deported twice before. But somehow this man continued to slip through the cracks. During all of this, rumors ran wild with stories regarding a possible connection to Luke Stout. However, none of the men involved in Oberg's case ever admitted anything regarding Luke. And while many people do believe that Chino was responsible for Luke's disappearance, the one thing I keep questioning is, that the facts came out pretty readily about Oberg once Siren and Heater were arrested. And to be honest, they don't seem like the brightest men. But I'd almost think that they would have negotiated and used Luke's case to their advantage. For example, one of them could have asked for a lighter sentence in exchange for leading them to Luke's body or even telling them what happened. This kind of thing happens all the time. So it seems interesting to me that all three men continue to deny having any involvement with Luke Stout's disappearance. Could it be that maybe they are telling the truth or are they just really good at keeping this secret? Also, while a lot of the town and even family looks at Chino and these men as the ones who did something to Luke, if they are not, then... The real culprit is getting away with it while all the attention is focused toward Chino. So I do have some questions about Luke's case. Number one, why didn't the police take a more active involvement in his disappearance? Certainly it's suspicious, especially after a while. Is there a reason? Is there something we don't know? There was only one official search that was conducted in the area looking for Luke but they haven't come out publicly to say anything. So we're really only left to speculate. Number two, did nobody on his road see him at the end of his driveway? Did anyone see him get into a vehicle? Was anybody just driving by when Luke was at the end of his driveway? Number three, his bicycle was found abandoned behind a CVS store in town. Yet nobody saw anyone putting the bike there or going through town with this bicycle, unless they went in the middle of the night with it. To everything that I have found, the bicycle has brought forth zero clues. Number four, this was 2012, but did Luke not have a cell phone that could be tracked? Number five, why has his friend Dylan not come forward? Seems simple enough. You're expecting your friend to come over and then he doesn't show? Or did he show up and then something happened later? And no matter what, when news of Luke's disappearance hit, you'd think this man would have come forward with some information, or even that detectives would have been able to figure out who this Dylan was. Yet, to our knowledge at least, this Dylan remains a mystery. With all the information we do have, I suppose there are a few theories that are possible. Number one, Luke just left town. With absolutely no evidence showing foul play or harm to Luke, I guess this is possible. But with being such a close family man and taking care of his terminally ill mother, it seems really doubtful. Plus, this is a young man who did not have much money. He was struggling to keep car insurance and had to turn to his bicycle for transportation. Theory number two, there was an accident. Surrounded by wilderness, did Luke wander off and succumb to the elements? Maybe his ride never showed up, so he started walking. Maybe he decided to take a shortcut through the woods. There's a lot of wilderness surrounding the area and even some bodies of water in Buchanan. The only question I have about this theory is about his bicycle. Did he drop it? Did he leave it behind and someone just randomly found it? But why would they put it behind CVS? And why has no one come forward saying that they had found his bike and where they had found it, if that is the case? So those questions, to me, make this theory very unlikely. Theory number three, foul play at the hands of Chino and his men. We know the possibility is there, and that seems to be what many people believe. We just have zero evidence leading us there, at least as of yet. And Chino and his men have now been incarcerated for several years, and yet no one has talked if that is the case. Theory number four, foul play at the hands of someone else. What else could have happened after Luke left his home on that fateful July day? Was this Dylan involved? Was there maybe a fight or an argument among friends? Seems to me these questions could be answered if we could just hear from Dylan. Elizabeth Stout Luke's mother started a Facebook page to help spread awareness. Missing Luke Stout. There are several photos of Luke shared, and I encourage you to check out the page. One thing I noticed right away, and I'm going to try and share multiple photos of Luke through social media, is that he had several different looks. He had long hair, he had short hair, he had a clean cut look. He's also been known to have kind of a shaggy hair look, and he really looks very different in each photo, almost as if he's a different person. Elizabeth kept up on the Facebook page and posted regularly. It was her wish that she would learn what happened to her Lukey before she died. Unfortunately, Elizabeth passed away recently with still no answers on where her youngest son is. Still, the family presses on for answers as they promised her they would. I want to read a few quotes to you from Elizabeth on the Missing Luke Stout Facebook page. I love you, baby. Your brothers love you. The Four Musketeers July 18th, 2012 will forever be the worst day in my life. For you, my youngest son said goodbye. I love you and walked out the door for the very last time not to return. I, as a mother of a missing child, have thoughts that I am afraid to speak. I, as a mother of a missing child, have a crying soul even though I may smile. I, as a mother of a missing child, feels guilt others do not understand. I, as a mother of a missing child, cries in silence in presence of others. Lukey, I will never give up. I will stand up and speak for you with everything I have left in me. This has and will always be. This is the promise I made to you from day one, and I will keep it no matter where it leads me. I will not stop until you are found. And, or, we have the answers to the questions we seek, and everyone involved pays for their part. My heart, my soul, my blood, my son, I love you, Luke, and you know you can count on Mama. I share these posts with you because you can feel the pain through her words. She is a mother who desperately needs answers. Unfortunately, she would not get them in time. Where is Luke Stout? Luke is described as 5 foot 7 inches tall, weighing about 120 pounds at the time of his disappearance. He has brown hair and brown eyes and was wearing a black t-shirt with the sleeves cut off, jeans, black sneakers with neon green shoelaces, Amy had on a light jacket the day he left because it was supposed to rain. Luke also wore a silver-colored prayer ring and had a shoulder tattoo of skulls. As a child, Luke had a bone infection that required surgery, and this resulted in one leg being slightly shorter than the other, and a scar on his lower legs. If you have any information regarding the case of Luke Stout, please call the West Virginia State Police at 304-473-4200. Someone knows something. Thank you so much for listening to Luke's story. Please share any way you can. It was His mother's dying wish to find her son. Please remember to follow us on social media for case updates and announcements. And a big thank you to Rooms for Vacation for sponsoring this episode. Please check them out for travel deals. We will post the link on our Facebook and, of course, in the show notes and description. If you are on Patreon, please keep an eye out for Friday's episode. And of course, we will be back again next week with another unsolved missing persons case. And please keep on sending your case suggestions to canwefindthem at gmail.com. We rely on help from you all to find the cases that have not received the publicity they should. Thanks again for tuning into our show this week. We so appreciate all the support as we keep bringing you more unsolved missing persons cases. There's just so, so many. We will be back again next week. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.